Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Visiting Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. As the United States slowly recovers from the pandemic and the coronavirus, we now face the possibility of recession. And if we are on the verge of this happening, who is to blame? Well, the business of being Black today is America on the decline. The business of being Black today, America on the decline? Hmm. How can this great country be on a decline, y'all? So horrible. I had to say that twice. Please welcome political analyst and my Friday co-host, Ed Sanders, is here. Hi, Ed. Tammy. Pastor of King Solomon Church, Reverend Charles Williams II. Hi, Reverend. Hello. CEO of Black Pearl Global Investments, Dr. Shante Williams. Hi, Dr. Shante. Hi, Tammy. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. An author and GOP activist, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver is with us. Dr. Linda Lee, hi, how are you? Hi, Tammy. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Listen, the, t- the title of the show is The Business of Being Black. So we have to wonder how any of our segments, how any of our topics concern Black people. So my question, the first off the top, Dr. Tarver, why should Black people care about America being on a decline? Well, I can tell you, I went to Jamaica and uh, there was a pastor there that said, when America has the cold, Jamaica has the flu. And that is true when it comes to our economy. When America is in decline, usually communities of color have already felt it and very seriously. So we should care because it affects us primarily first, because we have communities that are struggling and have been struggling before the pandemic. Ed, why should Black people care about America's decline? Dr. Jarvis, right. Um, You know, I think as you look at sort of the history of this country, you you will see these cycles, uh, particularly with the economy, but um, understanding how we um, progress as a community, as a, as a people within this country, um, we have to stay in tune to what's happening to this country. And, and to, to Dr. Tarver's part, when this country takes a downturn, um, it usually impacts the African-American community much greater. Pastor Charles. Well, I, I have to say, I agree also. I mean, look, uh, if you're a maintenance person in a building, uh, you know, you need workers to be there. If, if you're a security person, if, if you're an executive, uh, you know, oftentimes we are the first ones, last one, first ones hired, first one fired, last one hired. Uh, so, I mean, you know, all of this uh, will will make a tremendous impact on uh, the future of, of the Black community and the economic uh, resources that are available to it. Dr. Shantae. 
Well, I agree with everything. And we've got to ask, we're still in the middle of a pandemic and a lot of money and help went out to particularly communities of color. We have to ask if we are on another slide to something else, is there going to be any help coming? Because, you know, those sentiments after, you know, social unrest and everything else that happened over the last two years, I'm not sure there's going to be any sentiment to reach out to people who are feeling um, economic impacts disproportionately. I'm not sure there's going to be help um, on the way for anybody, um, especially those who are significantly impacted um, coming forward. Wow, that's a dismal and grim look there, Dr. Shante. Uh, what is the current state of the American economy, Dr. Shante? I want to stay with you on that. Well, you know, I will say you you asked the question, is America in the decline um, or, you know, is the economy failing? And the question is, who is it failing for? Um, because if we look at businesses um, right now, there are businesses that have very strong cash flow. I'm in the venture capital space and there are venture capitalists who have lots of what we call dry powder, lots of money to invest. Um, they're buying up companies. We have um, other companies who are not doing so well. If you are a um, Main Street person who um, who is um, suffering from high gas prices and, and high food shortages, you may be really experiencing something different. So the economy is always built on two different tiers, of course. And I always make sure, you know, economics 101, the stock market is not the economy. So I think um, we have to look at it from two different perspectives. In my universe and in the investment space, the economy is actually quite strong. Um, you know, I heard somebody say this morning, uh, bulls are going to bull and bears are going to bear. Um, so if you're in the markets, this is the time to invest in your, your portfolio. You're buying now and you're going to see growth. There are other people who are really feeling the brunt of the pain of not being well invested, really not seeing economic mobility, still facing a housing crisis and a shortage and experiencing everything they've still been experiencing. Again, we are still in a pandemic. So I think there's two different economies and there are always two different Americas, at least two different Americas that we've always been experiencing. Wow. Um, interesting to hear you say that. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I didn't hear you say it. Maybe it's just what I thought I heard you say it. Uh, but but it sounded to me like you said you ain't worried about gas prices. That's what I had heard. <laughs> I'm like not you, worried about it sounds to me, Dr. Shante, like you said, um, I know y'all mad because the gas is 649, but I'm a venture capitalist, and that's not what we're concerned about right now. We're not concerned about those $6.49 eggs that you just bought on Sunday, Tammy Mac. <laughs> well, you know, those are kitchen table concerns, right? And I, I will say those are real concerns for everyday Americans. So I'm not dismissing them. Um, and no, I understand you weren't dismissing yeah. them. I do want to make that correction. No, but I, I, was being, but I, I, was, I was being coy when I was saying that um, because of the tier that you're on, it yeah. doesn't affect you like it's affecting most Americans. And, and that's really the question, right? Because ultimately... Um, feeling up and now I, I got sticker shocked. I, I looked away from the gas pump and I was like, is that say, you know, was that three figures? Is that say a hundred something dollars to fill up? Oh my goodness. Um, okay. So that's all we wanted to know. You did get a little, okay. Okay. Well, that's how we, we just wanted to, you know what I'm saying? Pastor Charles, Pastor Charles. Um, so what is the current state of American economy to you, Pastor Charles? You know, I'm, I'm on the ground, right? I'm a, I'm a pastor of a church that's in, in the city of Detroit, 80% African-American. 
Uh, 60% of the folks in the city are, you know, pretty much in poverty, uh, particularly our children. I, I, I look at folks who were, you know, were immobilized before the pandemic, immobilized during the pandemic, and still immobilized now even more so. And I think the reality is, is that what we're going to see is, is that the nation itself will catch up to folks who have been immobilized. I mean, you go buy a plane ticket now. I mean, you're talking about, you're not talking about, you know, quick $250, $300 plane tickets anymore. You're talking anywhere between $500 and $1,000 every time you want to fly. You get gas. I mean, I, I heard I heard you talking about gas. Look, I don't even look at the gas pump anymore. I just... I've just I've just resulted that I will just look at the gas pump once a week. Uh, I mean, once a month when I look at my credit card statement, because I don't want to get shocked into <laughs> every 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 week uh, looking at looking at one hundred and fifty hundred and twenty dollars um, from from a four fill up. I mean, so I, th I think the, the rest of America will, will eventually catch up to a place where. Uh, there are a lot of folks who in the black community been there uh, for a very long time. The issue is, will there be some kind of national stimulus? Will there be some type of national push uh, to pull everybody up? And, and that, that's that something that I don't think I see. Yeah, let me say this, Ed, because Dr. Shante and Pastor Charles both talked about a, perhaps an economic advantage uh, from the government. But let's be honest, will a stimulus or some type of temporary assistance from the government help with this long-term problem we seem to have. Let's face it, gas has reached $6. It's not gonna go below $3 ever again. It will never be below $5 again, Ed. Well, I, I think you gotta look at it in, in a couple different ways. Like right now, what we're experiencing is a, is a, is a high uptick in inflation. And that's that's giving consumers a, a, a lack of confidence to spend. You're going to see that lag in some of the business um, outlooks as we get into the years. And that, I think that's what's the foreshadowing of the recession from a government's perspective. A government's perspective is really what are the policies that you can enact that help to alleviate pain for either everyday Americans or for businesses that need to, to start the growth because we, we will need an economy to jumpstart. Um, as inflation starts to climb, you, you will generally see a, a slowing economy. Um, and I think that's where the question lies, right? Like, what are the, what are the policies that, that we can start to take effect? And, and, and you see that. I, it's not an immediate impact, right? Like, going into a recession is going to take a couple quarters. Um, getting out of it is going to take a couple quarters. So I, I don't expect something rather immediate or temporary that can give the consumers the confidence to go out and spend again and keep the economy strong. Uh, Dr. Linda, listen, uh, Ed's talking about this jumpstart. Is it the economy that we need jumpstarted? Because it seems to me that with the inflation rising the way that it has risen, the economy is looking good. It's us folk who have to who have to generate uh, uh, money to live off of that's not doing so well. Well, you know the economy. You know the the common phrase is it's the economy, stupid. It, it is the economy that's dealing with it, and the approach is what policies are going to be put in place for those who don't have the means who sign the backs of checks. I mean, quite honestly, we are talking about taking flights. I'm the youngest of 10. I've got nieces and nephews and family and cousins 
some of them are not flying. Some of them did not finish school. They are not able to have three, four cars or do the six-figure uh, vehicles if they have a vehicle. And so the the ideas of where do we bring some relief, gas prices have to come down. We are not relegated to dealing with the situation that we're in. We certainly have to have policies that will look out for those who cannot look out for themselves and will not have the opportunities during this recession that we're coming into. And so policies matter. And so some of the policies in terms of being oil independent, you know, is um, you know what? Let's talk about those oil independent policies when we return on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today is is America on a decline economically. Uh, Dr. Tarver, we were talking to you before we left and you were talking about oil independent policies and then you moved on to transportation as well as food shortages. So let's talk about those food <laughs> shortages in Michigan that's have it happening. They're saying that they need about $650 million or over that amount of money um, to supply food in Michigan. So let's talk about that. Yes, the food shortages is not unique to Michigan, but it certainly is a challenge when, especially in cities like Detroit and Flint and other urban communities that have food deserts already. You know, we were talking earlier about already black folks, black and brown folks are feeling the pinch prior to the pandemic. And you compound that with food deserts, food shortages, and the anticipated supply chain. We had a baby formula issue. We're having a Kotex uh, tampon issue uh, now. Pocket, right? Who, yes, who? exactly. And so the, the reality is, is that we have issues with our supply chain. And that is a something that the average person can't fix themselves. It must come from, uh, from a intentional policies to fix those things, especially the basics and the basic needs that we're going to have. Yeah, Ed, she makes an excellent point on the shortages. It has nothing to do with the economy, so to speak. Uh, what's going on with America and its policies and not being able to get baby formula and Coltex? And what is happening here? Is this a part of the pandemic supply and uh, the supply chain during that pandemic? Are we feeling the effects of that? I think we're feeling the effects of sort of the 24-hour news cycle, right? There's an immediate response to issues. And, and, and I'll back up and say that, you know, our economy is interconnected. There's all sorts of factors. If something goes wrong in one sector, it, it, it has impacts down the line. Um, and our ability to respond to it, I think as a country, we have a very strong ability to respond to some of those hiccups. There's time that it takes, right? And I think where we get concerned is where, and we should be rightfully concerned, is where the time to address some of those issues puts people at harm. Um, I would also say this, you know, in, in addressing some of these situations, we as a community have to see new opportunities, right? And so if, if you're seeing shortages in food, shortages in, in uh, uh, baby formulas, those are actually business opportunities that as a community, we've got to find ways to capitalize on. And a lot of where the problems solved in this country are done through business. And we as a community have to find our way to start the sort of businesses that make sure that when these problems happen, we've got black businesses that, that, that are leading the, the response for us. Sounds like you're telling me I need to find a way to develop a new brand of Kotex or baby formula. Yeah, if, if, <laughs> yeah, if I may. Well, I, we, 
we, we cannot yeah. just yeah. start a business and do the development of a business to uh, to address a very immediate need like food i mean seriously we we just don't have the wherewithal and and the same businesses will have to use the same supply chain or similar supply chain we have people businesses here that can't get the delivery because the cost of delivering goods is so high and so our businesses our black owned businesses are struggling with delivery fees because of the high gas prices Dr. Williams, are our fears yeah. of a downturn in the economy based on our emotions? Is everyone getting emotional? Ed mentioned the media and the 24-hour news cycle. Is it fearing us into a recession? Yes and no. Okay, so I hate to take us through a sleigh ride through history, but I have to really quickly. First of all, deregulation um, absolutely creates the problems we're experiencing now. If we want to talk about a supply chain issue, you have to ask yourself why it is that one plant that has an inspection problem shuts down baby formula in a country. I can tell you our neighbors to the north did not have a baby formula shortage. If you actually got on Amazon, said you were in Canada, you could get baby formula shipped to your house. You know why? They don't have the same issues. We have one or two manufacturers of our products. The same thing with feminine products. In the United States, we have had massive consolidation for a lot of our industries. That creates supply chain issues. So if you have one manufacturer go under, you end up with these blockages across the board. So no, there is no government policy today that we can enact that will create any stoppage of any of these shortages. So yes, a bit of it is fear. It is emotional. Why? Because we should have been really up in arms when we allowed these companies to consolidate years and years and years ago. When we have conglomerates, this is what happens. Deregulation, small government, Yes. Those policies are the things that affect Black businesses. So even saying, hey, this is an opportunity, barriers to entry are incredibly high if you wanted to break into those markets and become a manufacturer. And I fund those businesses. But someone coming to me and asking me for $2 million to go start a tampon uh, manufacturing facility, that's not going to do anything today for what we're experiencing. Now, on the emotional side of things, yes. At the end of the day, if I see every five minutes the stock market tanking, right? I see tech stocks sliding. If I see, oh my gosh, a recession's coming, a recession's coming, a recession's coming, you create fear mongering. Again, sleigh ride through history. The Great Depression actually was perpetuated by not the stock market falling, actually stocks started to rebound. It was the, the consumer run on banks that perpetuated the depression. So at the end of the day, we have to temper what we you see. You say the consumer run on banks, what do you mean? So all of a sudden, when, when we saw the stock market tanking during the depression, then people said, okay, things are going bad. So then people said, I got to pull my money out of the banks. So you showed up at the bank and said, I want my money. Banks don't hold all of your money in the banks. So then banks had to put up a, we, we can't give you your money right now uh, situation, right? A run on the banks, meaning every single depositor asking for their money back creates insolvency in banks. And so banks go under. That's an emotional response. That's exactly what happens when we see panic in the stock market. If yeah. all of a sudden someone sees stocks dropping and everybody else wants to pull their money out before everybody else takes their their money out, we get a run on stock. We start seeing things precipitously falling because it's an emotional response. Pastor Charles, 
Go ahead. Dr. Charles, I want to get you in here. Um, yeah. Ed, uh, mentioned how, you know, the, the, the prices or rather I should say how these companies have, uh, hiked up the minimum wage. So it looks like a lot of people have get, gotten a raise. And, you know, I talk about this burger joint I was at where the burger, the fries and the drink was $15. I have never got my food out of a bag and driven to the window and it was $15. But at the same time, that particular burger spot was hiring for $16.25 an hour. So how do we resolve what what food is costing versus what these employers are paying their employees? Because we've been asking for the minimum wage to to be uh, to go up in America. We got it. But look what we got with it. Yeah, I mean, and I I can tell you, I was one of the big advocates for for raising the minimum wage. Uh, you know, and at the, at the flip side of that, we watched the minimum wage raise and then the economy raise. And then we also watched the wages that should have raised, did not raise, whether you work in a factory, whether you're a uh, fireman or whether you're a police officer or whether you're a public employee. You know, I, one of the things that I, I heard and, I, and, and it just strikes me so much is that I don't think we realize how much oil touches everything. I mean, it's it's not just... You know, I, I, I've got to say, I mean, I'm I'm on the liberal side of the spectrum. Or I, I'm pretty sure you, uh, that that would be defined by me. But but I got to say that, the, the, you know, the question of like Green New Deal and and not touching oil reserves and all that is starting to become concerning to me. We're talking about blackouts uh, all across the country, brownouts and blackouts all across the country because of consumption of electricity and not being able to support it because we're not investing in coal, coal, uh, or we're not using coal because we're worried about pollution. So we got more regulation. We're not using our oil like we could be using our oil while at the same time, Ukraine and Russia is, you know, there's oil there and there's a lot of consumption going on there. I mean, they're, they're, oil in itself i mean whether it's whether you can get deliveries because of transportation or whether you can't get products because the products require some type of oil or some type of petroleum i mean we we're really in a in a corner when it comes to that and i and i and i hope that even those who are on the most progressive of the of, of the agenda when it comes to the environment although we could be cons, uh, cons, seen as kicking the can down the road I feel like we got to do something right now and oh, hold yeah, that because on. too many talk people about what we can do right now when we come back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And today, the business of being black is America on a decline. Please welcome political analyst and my Friday co-host, Ed Sanders, pastor of King Solomon Church, Reverend Charles Williams II. CEO of Black Pearl Global Investments, Dr. Shante Williams, and author and GOP activist, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. Let's get back uh, to this. According to Brookings, Black workers will bear the brunt as companies downsize, just as they did in 1983 when the unemployment rate reached 20% for Black men and 16.7% for Black women. So how likely is it that without child tax credit payments or any form of income stimulus that many low-income families will face additional hardships? Uh, let's, take, let's take this to you, Ed. 
what you point out is, is what we opened up with the, the, the show about is, is that there's this tremendous wealth gap in this country and, and where um, we see dips in the economy, um, our community is going to feel it more. Um, what it speaks to is how do you avoid that? How do you become recession proof? And there's no simple answer, but the, the, the short answer for us as a community is, is really try to develop your skills, right? And so this kind of comes back to a conversation about education and the education options that, that are afforded our community. Um, being able to capitalize on opportunities. So having capital, um, having access to capital loans that, that you can take out to start businesses. Um, workers being able to retool what we saw during the uh during COVID is where folks were no longer working in the office you retooled and you figured out a new way to make sources of income and revenue um you've got to be adaptable and 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 you know those are all important points for us as a community to understand because when when there are downturns in the economy it takes flexibility but it takes being able to pivot uh to survive it Dr. Williams, we know you're not going to give us any of your capital vin venture money for Cotex, but what will you <laughs> what will you get? What will you give us? Like as add on to something here? Do we need to look into some business items? What can we do? 100%. So Black Pearl literally just expanded into um, micro lending specifically to give those options and deploy capital into businesses so that we can make more capital available specifically for people who want another option, who want to leave corporate or who just want other levers they can pull so they don't have to bear another economic downturn without having an option. Hmm. Well, what is, what is an example of something that that could be? So that that's that's a business owner. Let's say someone who is, you know, working there five to nine. So they have a side hustle. And um, our first micro uh, loan went to a young woman who is actually providing uh, after school care for young people in um, um, for local school systems. But what she wanted to do was provide um, additional daycare services. She needed to um, get into a facility. She needed to be able to you know, pay for all of the upfit in order to do that. In order for her to expand her services, to grow her business and to provide more jobs, she needed capital. She wasn't able to go into a bank, so she came to Black Pearl. We helped underwrite that loan using a different set of criteria, helped her do that. So she'll be able to provide childcare, which our community needs, but also her business needs to grow. And that's another option. So she's not going to weather this downturn the same way she did before. And for us, that's a win, 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 whether we're in an economic downturn or not. Right. But she owes on a loan. Well, I'll just say this. Oh, a key feature of the Black Pearl loans are um, we are rolling out these loans at 0% interest. Um, so they function like grants to give people time to get that revenue generating in their business. So they're growing and scaling because we know that cash flow, cash is always king. So cash we need that, everything around me. You know, we need that cash to be to be moving. We need people to start making the money before they owe us money. And we know how businesses grow. So before she owes us back that money, she's going to be making much, 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 much more money. So by the time she is paying us back at reduced rates, so we are, we're lending below any of our competitors and any of our peers. So our lending practices are, are community friendly. I will say that. I will put our loans up against anybody in the industry. Yeah, at 0% interest, I would put it up against anything also. <laughs> The Federal Reserve wants to control inflation by raising interest rates. Are they walking a fine line here, Dr. Tarver? Absolutely. They, you know, the Secretary of the Treasury was um, yelling 
was saying that there is a fine line at this point between where we are at. They don't want to call it recession, but all the indicators um, that were in place since our last recession uh, point to the fact that we are definitely going into recession. But I really want to share a little bit just quickly about the fact that, yes, we do need businesses and we do need businesses to grow. Government does not need to grow because government doesn't produce anything that people want to consume. So we do need money circulating in our economy in order to do that. But black businesses especially are quite hard. You know, everyone cannot be in daycare. We do need some of the businesses that are definitely in demand and but the gas prices are definitely the one issue that are affecting everyone not just the sticker shock for our private vehicles but fleet vehicles and black owned um businesses and diesel uh transportation systems are hitting are hit hard and so those individuals are are looking at what we're seeing right now and march 8th of this year the president Biden indicated in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, to a um, reporter that asked them, President, you know, gas prices are high. What is your message to the people? And he said they're going to go up. He said what? He said they're going to go up. He said what? They're going to go up. And he said, what can you do about it? He said, I can't do much right now. Russia is responsible. Wow. You know, we can't well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, Dr. Tarver. Um, Pastor Charles, who is responsible for this inflation? Who's to blame? You know, I do think there is a, a concern that there is a reduced amount of available oil on the world stage. But I also think that, you know, there is a lot of pressure coming from, uh, you know, the political left and right, right saying drill, 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 left saying don't drill, don't drill, don't drill. There's this whole conversation of global warming. There's a huge conversation about what we're doing in regards to the environment. And I think that is a, a legitimate concern. I'm concerned legitimately. I mean, I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old. I wanna make sure that they have an earth that hasn't been completely depleted of its resources because, <laughs> um, I mean, but at the same time, we, we're, in a, we're in a serious place here. And I think that the policies have to, you know, have some type of moderation in regards to how we deal with getting more resources particularly petroleum and oil, because again, it's in and on everything. I mean, we can't get chips if we can't get planes to go get the chips. And we can't, you know, we can't get, you know, everything that we pretty much have has some Dr. Charles, type of oil like petroleum. I'm concerned in. about this oil. I, I got to do a whole nother show on oil alone. I, 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 I got to say, I mean, I yes. got to say that it, it is there. I mean, it is the central, I mean, if you there's nothing that you have on that you're looking at that we are dealing with right now in this space, whether it's Zoom or whether we're in our places that doesn't touch oil some kind I, of way. So I the prices a, are high yeah. because of that. I had a half a day discussion with family on fossil fuels, you know, because people don't understand necessarily what fossil fuels, we're transitioning off of fossil fuels. And that might not mean anything to the average person who is making it happen, working very hard, going to church, loving the Lord and trying to take care of their families. What is a fossil fuel? But when you break it down to them, it is everything that that pastor has said. Your computers are made with fossil fuels. Tires are made with fossil fuels. Your oil, your heating, your electricity, fossil fuels. We are not going to electric planes. Let me just repeat that and say that on your show. We are not going to electric planes. So we're going to be using uh, fuel. 
And so if we have it in our United States of America, we need to drill it. And I, and I don't understand why people are not looking at that. So begging our enemies for fuel is ridiculous. When we have been energy independent here in America just a year or two ago, and now we are having to beg for fuel and, 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 and to transition off of it. it. Who's to blame? Uh, I mean, I, I think you got to back up a little bit, right? And and understand that four years of a Trump administration meant four years of extreme deregulation. And what you get is, is a corporate community just on roids, right? It's like pouring gas on a fire on the, on the business side. You inject a COVID uh, event into the economy and the natural reaction is that, you know, the, the government adds money with the stimulation plan and now people have dollars in their pocket and they're starting to spend, you see inflation. So President Biden is, is not completely correct when he says it's Russia. Russia is just an event on a timeline. There were a series of circumstances that, that set the table. Let's take a break. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today is America's decline economically. Ed, you were talking about who's to blame for this inflation that we're seeing. And uh, much of the Democrats blame Russia as they did for the election. Uh, Russia set the stage for this economic downturn, you said. But there are a series of other circumstances that happened. Uh, do tell. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you've got to actually look back at, at sort of the, the years prior to Biden's election during the Trump administration and, and just understand that the that Trump as a president was um, intensively deregulating industries, allowing for and, and we've been having this conversation on, on oil. Um, you know, when we start talking about some of our natural resources, our national parks, Alaska, um, where you want to take down the barriers to allow oil companies to go in to drill. Um, while actually not actually monitoring oil spills, that sort of thing. Um, it's a recipe for disaster. We know that, right? And, and I think we're starting to see that on the economic side where uh, the economy is overheated because deregulation has taken, uh, taken effect. You've had some serious uh, events that have impacted the economy, whether it be COVID, uh, whether it be this uh, disturbance between the Ukraine and Russia, uh, and you're seeing sort of the ripple effects of it. But, but it all sort of starts with how we set the policies on our economy how we protect our natural resources, how we incorporate that in. And we can continue to do that as a country. I mean, when, when, when we start about talking about how we're going to use oil in the future, we can do that. We have to keep a mind's eye on our, on our kids and our grandkids, the type of America that they're going to have. Uh, right. You know, many of you have to a national I, park. It's important. And, and if, I I could, if I could just come right behind him on ahead, that, because yeah. that's the other issue that we really keep running into is that we give, you know, we get eight years of one, one, style of policies, another four years of a different style, another eight years of another, it's going to really require us to make some hard long-term decisions. If, if Donald Trump takes four years to say the floodgates are open and then you get a hard stop with a, another with a Democrat, it's like stripping out a transmission, going going 100 miles an hour and then you hit the hit hit the uh, gear shift in the reverse. You're going to burn it out. And that's and, and we just get not only are we burning it out, but we're burning it out. Uh, in the sense that we've got a pandemic and we've got a war on top of. Amen. I have got to, to just be say some amen hard long-term decisions. Amen to pastor what he said. It is not the deregulation issues that have started this. It is the executive orders on day one to stop the drilling and stop the leases that have been on in terms of our gas. People are not saying, even 
Biden is not saying that it is Donald Trump's fault that we are into this gas, gasoline. He's blaming Russia because he knows what he did on day one, January 20th, 2021. He put a halt to the, um, the very low gas prices that we were enjoying here. And there is a ripple effect, and it is not the deregulation. Our natural resources, our greatest natural resources is our people and our family and our children, and they are struggling. They're struggling in school and education. We have a two-year deficit here in Michigan. Two years since Flint and Detroit went back to school this year. Not in 2021 and certainly not in 2020, in-person schools. So our academic deficit is, is, is a mad, unimaginable here of what we're looking at, especially for black and brown children. So what I, we Dr. need Tarver, is relief. I'm sorry. I, I, and I, I, would, I would have to say that it, the exact same thing happened during the Trump administration, though. So let, let, let's not, you know, we were in the Paris Accord and they just we, we were going 100 miles an hour down the Paris Accord, putting in the policies and procedures that would help, help us become energy independent, but also take care of the economy as well as take care of the environment. And we put a hard stop on that, hit the, put it in we reverse removed, when we got out of the Paris Report. We were report. removed so out of the it, Paris it's, Report. It's, it's, I, I'm, and the two, I'm, I'm saying and the two it's, major, it's a both end, though. It's not, the it's two not a major one countries, or other. It's a both The two end. major countries that are the biggest polluters in, a, in the world are China and India, and they do not put in to the Paris Accord. They're not part of it. We are paying for other countries. And so if you read the fine print of the Paris Accord and other things that we have had this green energy agenda, it is killing our economy. And but it I is Joe Biden to blame. The point here is that uh, the way that our government is set up, there's really no way for us to get on track when we've got four right. and eight and then eight and then four and four and eight, especially now in a world where everybody picks a side and no one really picks America. Dr. Williams, the Biden administration blames former President Trump for increasing the deficit, but the Republicans blame Biden for the economic issues. Uh, what do people like you say who kind of sit in the center of this all? I think it's popular to blame a president. Everybody wants to claim victory in a, in a good economy and nobody wants to take blame in a bad economy. Ultimately, well, you have to ask the question, and, and I read The Economist, if you were paying attention during the pandemic, almost every economist I was reading and following said, hey, if you're putting this much money into the system and putting this much money in, you're going to create inflationary circumstances. Everybody was saying this. It was a completely predictable system. 80% of all the money ever created in our system was printed in the last three years. That is a tremendous amount of fuel into the economy. So frankly, this is a very predictable set of circumstances. So if we want to blame somebody, blame Congress. I'm not saying people weren't hurting. I'm just saying we stirred this pot. Now, later on the pandemic, layer on a war, and all of a sudden, you've got a perfect storm. Can we get out of this tailspin? Of course. However, it's very popular to blame one person, and the president has very few levers. Executive orders are not going to really do anything. Pointing fingers at the president okay, and changing yeah. the executive okay. aren't going to do anything either. And Congress can say in I didn't know that we were in a war. I didn't know we were in a war. But we're, we're paying for one. 
We, we yeah, well, we're we, we definitely we paying for war. I, I, I understand, but we are not in war, so that yeah, we're that paying one, for it. So we might as well be in it. Honestly, we left billions of dollars in Afghanistan money. too. So maybe we should have uh, sold some of that equipment that we left in Afghanistan. Uh, well, that we might be a better way of funding it. Billions of dollars are going out billions. of this economy. Billions. Well, we should have we should have taken that equipment and sold it instead of left it for the Taliban. That's I, all I don't saying. disagree. I, I again, I, I don't disagree. But this is not blaming Biden. I mean, we can always point to the executive in charge. We always like a throat to choke. But at the end right. of the day, having one person and saying it's your fault for the, it, the the soup that we put ourselves in, this was very predictable. I'm sorry. I, I mean. Even if you just looked at the balance sheets of private corporations, what did you see? You saw cash going up. You mm -hmm. see cash going up because they wanted to be cash strong, predicting the situation we're in right now. Wow. And get in on this. Yeah, I mean, look, these, this again, economy and, and, and hiccups in the economy are sort of cyclical, right? The, the Federal Reserve... Uh, Government will put forward a series of policies. I think Pastor Williams is right. We are paralyzed on a legislative side, right? With with sort of a split 50-50 Congress. Um, it's very difficult to get anything moved through legislatively. And so to, to Dr. Shantae's point, when something does come through, it's usually something massive and overkill. And her point on money coming into the system is absolutely correct. But that was a byproduct of the politics where we are. Um, and 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 so as we go forward, we just have to remember, look, we pulled ourselves out of things like this in the past. World War II caused a great deal of harm to the American economy once the war ended. We retooled, we came out of it, and we were stronger for it. Incidents like this are going to create opportunity. We'll find ways. We, again, we as a community have to figure our way and our place in it, right? So when there is a solution presented, policy leaders need to find ways to make sure that all boats rise out of this, that, that our community doesn't get left behind on any of the solutions presented. Well, de Democrats have the Congress and the White House to be able to pass whatever they need to pass. That, that's the current state. It's a split Congress. That is the current state yeah. of Congress. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's, I'm that's just not. saying the obvious. It is not 50-50. That, that's, that's not obvious. Obvious. Democrats do not have the, the, uh, the they have con control of the they do, they Senate do not, they and do the not House have and the, the White legislative House branch. They do I'm not just have telling the you, they have the legislative branch. They have a majority in the House and the Senate and the White House, and okay. and that is the reality. Progressives do, and so the the ability to stimulate and to make sure that decisions are made. I'm responsible for my home. And Hold I, that thought, I'm, Dr. Tarver. Uh, exactly. Pastor, Pastor Charles, uh, I, I know you say that's not true what she's saying. Please explain. I mean, I think if, if, the, if, if it's pretty clear that the Senate uh, and the rules that the Senate go by, uh, if you have a, a small, very, very small majority. By oh, that's one right. or two, We're going to pick up on it when we return on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the Business of Being Black today is America on a Decline. Pastor Charles, you were uh, basically responding to Dr. Tarver when she said that uh, the Democrats have the House and the Senate and they could get legislation passed if they wanted to. You said, no, that's not true. How is that not true? I mean, you know, on its face, obviously, I mean, uh, the Democrats do have the majority in the Senate by a couple of votes. But the rules, the way the rules are set up in the Senate, uh, the bylaws, the, the, their motive of operation, the way they operate, 
you, you have to have almost a super majority when you want to get something through because you got to get it onto the floor and even getting on the floor can be challenging. And when it comes to breaking the filibuster, like we would like it to happen uh, for things like voting rights, for things like the George Floyd Police Brutality Act, but, but more importantly, Police Accountability Act, but more importantly, even these economic issues, the votes just aren't there. And, and by the way, they're not there just not just because the Republicans standing in the way. There are two Democrats uh, who have uh, acted like they were uh, Democrats and got elected. And but they're Republicans and they're they're actually standing in the way of that. So I, I, I don't know where the, what majority you're talking about, because for the for as hard fought, fought uh, as many of the uh, d- uh, Democrats fought for the George Floyd. I mean, the uh, uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Act, as well as the. Uh, uh, George Floyd Police Accountability Act. It, there, it was futile uh, because of of, of the uh, inability. Gotta love to the infiltration. The if you say that's what it is, Pastor Charles. Uh, so yeah. let's do a lightning round real quick here. Let's add a lightning round. So this lightning round, I just want you to answer the question and tell us why is America on a decline? Is America on a decline, Dr. Tarver? Absolutely, it is on a decline. It has been declining in certain segments, and in particularly, as I indicated before, Black folks and Brown folks are the first hit by the decline. Ed, is America on a decline? No, I, I think more to the point is is you're going to see warning signals um, on a decline. No, there are some serious challenges that we have to overcome. Um, one of them is our, our politics, which, which Pastor Williams sort of highlighted. We've got to get past this extreme um, party system that we've got that's paralyzing our country. Um, back in the day, you would have compromise on the serious issues that faced us. And we've got to find a way to get back that in order to get, get this country going again. It is rather extreme, I must admit. Uh, it's uh, kind of sad to have to see it that way. It's as if nobody really cares about America and what America means uh, more so than they care about getting their own policies and personal agendas uh, across the line. Uh, Dr. Because, Will- they're, because they're not feeling it. They're, they're not sticker shocked at this point. They're still oh, able yeah. to fly and drive and eat. And, you know, 100%, 100%. So they're not feeling it. They don't feel it. And nobody knows that better than Dr. Williams. <laughs> and that's where I'm trying to get. That's where I'm trying to get. I don't want to feel it either. I can't even lie. Dr. Williams, is America on a decline? No. Are, are there clouds on the horizon? Yes. But can we can we correct and pivot? That's the nature of the game for me. Diversification is the strategy we all have to take on. And whether you are Main Street, Wall Street, or some other street in between, you have to have a diversification strategy and be able to work with these ebbs and flows. Pastor Charles, is America on a decline? Yeah, yeah, I gotta say America's <laughs> on a decline. I mean, yeah. look, uh, morally, we, you know, we've got- Pastor, I'm gonna need you to get on the positive side here. Look, my pastor talking about, yeah, 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 You know, I, I pastor a church and, and I have to worry about folks walking into my church, shooting it up. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's a problem, right? We've, we don't have gun legislation. I mean, we, we, you know, we we still facing uh, issues where we're getting we're having instances of police brutality. That's a decline for me. Economically, we are, we, you know, I, you know, the bottom folks are going to struggle and they're going to struggle big time. And that's a decline for me. So I, I think that, of course, if we could somehow organize ourselves and when I say ourselves, I mean, black folks 
well enough to the point where we could begin to hold Democrats and Republicans, Democrats and Republicans, uh, to a certain standard around the issues that we have, we'll see an incline in the long term. For sure. Uh, uh, let me stay with you, Reverend. What is the mission behind King Solomon Church? Oh, the mission of King Solomon is to revitalize the community, educate the community, and to continue to push people forward throughout all of the issues of social uh, uh, social issues that we face in this in this city, in this state, and in this country. Ed, tell us what you're working on now. You know, always a lot of uh, health advocacy. And, you know, one of these challenges that we as people have is that we've got an industry that has been responsible for uh, 40,000 deaths a year in, in the tobacco industry. Um, a product called menthol cigarettes has been targeted at our community for decades. Um, the country is having an awakening. We are now under we as people understood that the tobacco industry targeted that product at us, but our allies and, and other communities are starting to see just how vicious the tobacco industry has been towards um, us, our children and our health outcomes. And so we're pushing to get rid of menthol. Dr. Williams, I just made millions of people interested in Black Pearl Investments. Please tell us about it. Black Pearl Global Investments is a venture firm um, we invest in entrepreneurs who our mission is to create a world where entrepreneurs can grow and thrive. So we have an office here in Charlotte, one in Kingston, Jamaica, and one in Accra, Ghana. So um, we're rocking and rolling. We expanded into lending and we will we will be uh, nationwide with our loans very, very, very soon. Yeah, because I need y'all in L.A. I have some business propositions I need to get with you. Come, come talk to me. <laughs> Dr. Linda Tarver, uh, as always, uh, you are on the front lines and trying to get uh, a political advantage to the policies that you want to see happen. Uh, you are on the ballot in Michigan for the State Board of Education right now. Talk to us about your platform. Yeah, I decided uh, the Lord told me to go to Nineveh. So I decided to put my name on the ballot. I went through my Republican primary and I will be on the ballot. My basic concept is that I'm looking at my people. So I'm a former Michigan Civil Rights Commissioner and I'm looking at Detroit at 92% of third graders cannot read. I'm looking at Lansing, Michigan, where I live and 92% of all black students cannot pass the MSTEP, which is the uh, math, reading, science, social studies are not proficient at all. And so we know that in Michigan, pastor knows in Michigan, Prison beds are uh, projected based on third grade reading level. We don't have a viable workforce when we have two years of uh, disparities and inequalities when it comes to our academic uh, outcomes for our children. And so that must stop. We, we must put a stop to it. We must do something drastic and different. Well, we'll definitely and so that's what we see an uptick in. Yeah, we're we, we seeing an uptick in crime. What um, um, in, in two words, in two words, each of you in two words, what needs to happen to avoid an economic downturn? In two words, what needs to happen, Dr. Tarver? Drill now. Oh, okay. And two words, what needs to happen to avoid an economic downturn? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I think it's, 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 Protect your own resources, and I can't do it in two words. But you, you've got to okay, look at protect for resources. Protect yeah. resources. Oh, but you say protect your own. Okay, right. Dr. Shante. Um, well, there's not two words, but art of the pivot, diversification. Diversification, love it, Pastor Charles. Three words: black 
political accountability. Oh, uh, like those three words. But I thought you was going to say pray. Pray now, pray fast. I, I was going to say pray now, too. But I think it's <laughs> Let me tell you something. We got the screening room coming up. I'm, I'm, all, about, I'm all about Stick around. I'm all about prayer, but prayer got screening. feet. Stick around for Vivica Fox on the screening room. That is the business of being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Bye, y'all.